Sometimes I don't know where this dirty road is taking me Sometimes I don't even know the reason why But I guess I keep a gambling Lots of booze and lots of rambling Well it's easier than just a waiting around to die All one time friends I had a ma Even had a pa Well he beat her with a belt once Cause she cried She told him to take care of me Headed down to Tennessee Well it's easier than just a waiting around to die Welcome everyone to the Bolt from the Blue podcast and here in the house we have the two people that you would uh, hope to be here uh, and we've got the first one and that is Ray. Ray, how are you doing? I'm doing champion, Mike. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, lovely Sunday Sunday uh, afternoon now. Sun's out up in uh, near Manchester. Uh, we won a game handsomely yesterday. Life couldn't be better. And we've also got uh, Bernard. Bernard's celebrating his, uh, uh, I think it's a, It's not exactly a year, it's more than a year that we've had, uh, that we were searching around for, for someone to join the BFTB uh, team. And we got Bernard. Bernard, how are you doing? Yeah, well, there's no one else better around, mate. So I said I'd help you find someone, but obviously it's been a while now. So uh, we've not found anyone better, unfortunately. But uh, if I remember rightly, I'm sure I can't. Yeah, I'm sure I came on one like, I think I did one earlier, didn't I? Didn't I do one sort of an odd one and then obviously come back again at a certain time? I, I remember that. Yeah. My old memory, yeah, we, my old brain. We we brought you back. We we actually auditioned a few people, but no one quite uh, fit. No one quite fit the way that you did, Bernard, well, and no, you've been with us. Is that, is that check I had to send you? That was the... That was the, that was the uh, <laughs> We auditioned loads of people, but none of them turned up. So you got the gig. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, guys, uh, we've got some uh, some things to talk about, and uh, one of the things we have to talk about is this game. So let's get kicked off with uh, Ray and uh, Ray. Let's talk about um, uh, this particular game and your initial impressions. Well, obviously, line up uh, the strategy with you know. Uh, calling out Walker. What do you want to start with? Lineup or Walker? Well, I'd like to talk about um, what Pep said about uh, Walker not being up to it. <laughs> that was, uh, you know, he did he did throw him under the bus in public, which is actually unlike Pep. You know, maybe Mike. Um, you know, I don't think it's been a falling out because uh, uh, we'll we'll talk about it. Walker did come on and he looked all right, so. Uh, but Pep has come out in his last press conference and said basically Walker can't play as a two beside uh, as, a, as a double pivot or alongside Rodri. He's basically said he hasn't got the game to do that. He said Walker's got a load of pace. Uh, you know, he, he said when he gets to sixty, he'll still have a load of pace. You know, still be the fastest. But for the role that John Stones is now the incumbent uh, partner in uh, Rodri, and previously actually, you might remember. When Cancelo left, we used to play Rico Lewis at left back, but Rico Lewis just basically played as part of this double pivot. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think it's the end of Walker because Walker still has plenty to offer. He's, whilst Walker's got the pace, he's got plenty to offer. 
because his physicality and uh, strength coming to play added to his pace. He's still a reasonably decent defender, and he gives you some different. He'll give you some of that stones won't give you. He'll give you blistering pace uh, either going forwards or coming back. So I don't think it's the end for Walker, but it is a little bit odd. Uh, you know that Pep has um, basically slated him uh, in in a press conference to the public. But is that really true? Um, does um, does Kyle Walker not really have the the passing ability to to do that kind of job? I, th- I think as a, a marauding wing back uh, left defender, I think he's been lacking a little bit. Certainly, recently in the last, perhaps a couple last couple of seasons. But what we re- we come to rely on with Walker, of course, is. Um, Defensively, I think we've been relying on more and more. There's getting back. You know, you will talk about that incident yesterday with their guys sprinting through. That's the sort of place where Walker will be perhaps be held back from for a corner. He'd be the guy doing that sort of covering, and that that's what he's been doing. I, I think marauding forward. He's never been. You know, as long as he lays it off to someone else to put a cross in, we're all right. Let's face it. He's not been the great. He's not been the greatest. He never was the greatest at that sort of thing. But obviously, he was all part and parcel of that of that team. But as as Pep evolves the team now, um, yeah, he's, he's he's got to find a different sort of role or a different sort of type of game that Walker's going to play in. But as Ray said, it was a little bit unusual to be thrown under the bus. But it didn't have any after effects on him. He came on, he did a job. All right, he defensively he wasn't at the greatest, but uh, we'll talk about that later. No, uh, Walker's wise. He's into his last year of his contract next year, is it? I think yeah. his contract ends next year. He'll be 33, what, going on 34. Uh, he'll be, he's happy. He's, happy. he's an happy chappy. We know he's happy chappy. We've had recent experience of that out, in and around. There's nothing affecting our Mr Walker. He, he gets on with it. He, whatever Pep says, he'll, he'll just brush it off and carry on regardless. Ray, he's got it. He's got it. <laughs> Ray, he's got a thick skin, our, our Kyle. I'm sure that um, he won't go crying into a pillow. But um, um, do you do you reckon he'll be renewed when his contract expires? Yeah, I, had next vision, year? I had visions of a guy called Jeremy Fort then uh, when you said that, right? Uh, it's, a, it's a scary feeling. Most of our listeners probably won't think who the bloody hell is Jeremy Thorpe, but crying into a pillow, um, we won't <laughs> say more about that. The is renewing of his contract. Um, I think there's a decent chance because there's nobody else uh, waiting to take his place uh, in that specific role. As I said, John Stones can't do that role. Rico Lewis, he's the nearest we've got. Probably needs a little bit more experience, but I think Rico Lewis can play on the right and uh, either as a a marauding um, right right back. He's got a reasonable um, amount of pace, not the same as Walker, but if the kids all give him a chance, he's only 18, he can work on that. In the next two or three years, he can add a, a yard or two a pace. He could take that marauding role down the, the right, and he has the ability, we've seen it, as I've already mentioned, we've seen that he can play alongside Rodri. He knows yeah, how to play that. Yeah, Pep's evolving it into this Stones role. I mean, Stones is, you know, we know Stones' injury record. We know Stones, is, you know, if he's got yeah. Stones and Lewis playing a similar a role going forward, we can see what Pep's trying to do. Yeah, and but as I said, Lewis well, can actually, if it's needed, if Pep wants to go back to playing with the four at the back and a, and a, a pacey winger, uh, sorry, a right back, Lewis fits the bill. I think unless Walker Walker's pace drops off a cliff, I can see them off from an extra year because why not? He, as a squad player, mm-hmm. why not have, have that extra body? I know that Pep likes to work with a smaller squad, but I think 
He can still focus on a sm smaller squad. Walker could be like Fernandinho, slowly phased out. And he's there for some games when you need him. Um, you, know, you might want to put him in the, in the Caribbean Cup and the FA Cup and stuff like that and keep him just in case you've got he, he doesn't want to go anywhere. Walker doesn't want to go anywhere, does he? Let's be honest. He, he doesn't want to go out of this club. He wants to drain ah. every single season out of this club that he can. Yeah, because mm -hmm. he's, he's um, like, like a lot. Of, I was going to say, like a lot of Spurs players, uh, they have to be ex-Spurs players to win something. And Walker's won an absolute shed load since he's left. Was it three? Was it three league titles? Three? I think at least three league titles, maybe even four now. I can't. He's got that much. I can't count. Um, got five, hasn't he? League titles, car yeah. five. He joined, he joined I think he's pet, got pet five, team. hasn't he? He's been there he's years. Been. He's been there forever. <laughs> no, Walker, I'll tell you for free. Walker joined under Pep. Pep had been here right, okay. one season. Then we won the well, league. Just I, I just imagine he was. I just imagine he was there when uh, Pellegrini and Mancini were there. He seems oh, to be there that long. <laughs> well, so uh, well, Bernard, you you. Uh, Unlike me and Ray, you you were an actual player, and um, they say that um, <laughs> they, they they say oh, the that um, you 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 never you never lose your skill, but you lose your pace. But I I don't think that's going to be the case with Walker. I mean, as um, Pep said, I mean he could be sixty years old and still beat you in a sprint. So I think he's probably got a future at City, maybe for a couple of years. Don't you think? Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I'm just thinking of the the sprinters, you know, athletic sprinters. I mean, uh, you know, they're not all 18, 18 ages, are they? I mean, some of the most powerful, greatest sprinters are, are, not, are not young lads, so why not? He's, he's doubt he's going to lose that ability. He might lose a few other things uh, with his nightclub jaunts and stuff, but he certainly, <laughs> won't, he certainly, he certainly won't lose that pace on the football pitch. I won't, I won't ask, I won't say anywhere else, but uh, no, I don't see why not. I mean, you're saying oh. Bolt, I'm sure it wasn't a spring chicken, but you know, when he was uh, marauding up that 100, 100 meter track, was he? So, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. <laughs> well, let's not get Ray started on that one. But listen, let's let's um, let's do a pop quiz question, guys. Um, which three City players were in the Southampton squad and used to play for City before? You first, uh, Ray. Uh, start at the back. Uh, Gavin Bazunu came from uh, Ireland, um, so I think he came as a, joined as a seventeen-year-old, and then he was, or, and then he had to. He stayed a little long to finish his uh, leaving certificate. Before he joins it, he's a. I think he's a pretty decent goalie. Mm -hmm. Okay, Bernard, over to you. Well, the guy on the bench who obviously was uh, the butt of many jokes, wasn't it? I think at the time, a dozy. Uh, I don't know his uh, his background, but obviously, a lot of people had a lot of fun with his name anyway over the last two Sam or three years. Bernard, is it Sam Adol? Mick or something? I don't know, something like that. Anyway, but uh, yeah, he was on the bench, wasn't he? Making fun of and people, there was one, one more Ray that people think that City should uh, take back. Is that uh, Lavia? Uh, yeah, the kid that's Lavia the one. The field. Yeah, so we, we got a decent, um, it's Romeo Lavia. We got a bit, a decent, a bit of money for him, I think. He was, uh, he's a kid. Um, Is it a 40 million buyback? Was it 40? That's what I've read. But yeah. it's a lot of money. And I think it's, mm. you know, we sold him for I can't remember now. Was it about ten, twelve million? It wasn't too much. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it wasn't anywhere near forty anyway. That's for sure. Yeah. But yeah. But he, look, he's. Um, I, I do remember a bit about his career. He, he come from uh, Anderlecht, um, so he started off at Anderlecht. Came to City uh, three years ago. 
two, two and a half, three years ago. I mean, he's not been here that long. He came at 16 to City, okay? And he's, he's still only 19 years old. You know, in fact, he's only just turned 19. That's how young he is. Um, so for a, a just turned 19-year-old kid, he's done really well. I mean, this talks of other clubs wanting to pay 40 million quid to get him away. <coughs> Excuse me, obviously, Chelsea <laughs> Chelsea mentioned when big money uh, transfers uh, come up. But um, no, he's, he's, he's doing obviously re really well. He's played 21 times for Southampton this season. Um, he's he made his debut for the Belgium national squad this season as well. So he's doing really, really well. And look, a lot of people, uh, possibly possibly me included, said I'd rather have kept Lavia and got rid of and uh, not bought Phillips. You know, I'd rather have done that and then spent the money uh, that we spent on Phillips on somebody else. Maybe like, you know, a right winger or a, another, uh, if we need one, another centre-back or a right-back or something. But, uh, you know, like, I hope the kid does really well. I think he's got a, a very bright future. Well, pop quiz to Bernard. Bernard, which member of the Southampton lineup sounds like something that you would spread on your um, fish and chips? <laughs> uh, I'll go with Bella Kotchap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, we, you know, we're not going down the route of making fun of people's names. And you, you catch up in this. Oh, where's the funny life? Where's the funny life? Come on, I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, come on, Ray. Come on. Come listen, on, Ray. Listen. listen. Can, you, can you imagine if uh, Bella Kopchap's mum got together with Maitland Niles' dad? So you had Bella Kopchap, Maitland Niles. I mean, how can you get that in the back of a shirt? It'll cost a fortune. I mean, <laughs> Ray, li li listen, listen, listen to me seriously. Listen to me seriously. In the Southampton uh, squad, you've got Bella Kotchap, you've got Maitland Niles, you've got Ward Prowse. On the bench, you've got Kaleta Carr. What is going on with parents these days? Can they uh, settle on a name? <laughs> Everybody's double barreling them these days. Well, I imagine it. I'll say it'd be embarrassing though, won't it? Because you're going to have shirts with four names, six names on in the future. Because it's just <laughs> that, that's the way it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> well, guys, I tell you what. Because if, if you're paying per letter for, for the name on the back, you, these people what. People won't be buying these because you're paying 70, 80 quid as it is. Why pay, you know, you pick someone's name, Lavia, because that's nice in what, five letters rather than Maitland Niles. Maitland Niles costs you an extra 10 quid. That was a good one. J-O. Joe. Joe. <laughs> he wasn't good on the page, but he's a good short name. <laughs> well, guys, luckily for the Man City lineup, we didn't have any of that nonsense. Ederson, Akanji, Diaz, Ake, Stones, Rodri, Mares, De Bruyne, Gundogan, Grealish, Haaland. Let's go to uh, uh, Bernard. Bernard, how many of those did you predict? Yeah, I failed miserably this week. I, th I thought Pep had made two or three changes to the to the game against Liverpool, and he didn't. Um, the only real surprise looking at the team really perhaps was with Bernardo not coming into it. But I, I got eight. I got eight out of eleven because just purely because I thought he might save a couple for Bayern Munich. But uh, there's no doubt about it. Pep. Pep went strong in this, and looking at that and the bench, that was uh, it was a strong team. As I say, only perhaps Bernardo, you, you'd assume, might have got into it. Potentially Alvarez, but I always with Alvarez, you know, was if Haaland's about, it's a matter of where you're going to squeeze him in. So a strong team from Pep. Pep Bernard, do you, well, think is, quit, do you think this? Sorry, Mike. Do you think this is sorry this chosen side now because he's done it for a couple of games? And yes, we've yeah. spanked teams. 
this is pretty much his strongest side. He's, could he go through the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, I, well, I think I think we've got to throw the dice on this, haven't we? Let's face it, we we've got we're still in three things. Uh, Arsenal have got the benefit of only being in one thing now. Uh, we may as well throw the dice and go for it. You know, we've got a potential. Probably you'll know off the top of your head, Ray, how many games potentially we've got left to play. 13, 14. Uh, no, more than that. We've got um, 10 in the league, haven't we? We've still got 10. Uh, nine, well, nine now. Nine in the league. Nine. Uh, we've got two FA Cups, 11. Two, four, five Champions Leagues and two FA Cups. Yeah. Seven, so, you know, so I mean, uh, you know, right. nine, the, thing, the thing is with only Foden injured, he, he can afford to, he can afford to go straight. Even if, even if he changes, even if he changed two or three against Southampton, it would have still been a strong team. But it was a strong, strong team, you know, uh, that took Southampton on yesterday. It was, it was incredibly strong, and and I think that's what we're going to see now. We're not going to see any more than a couple of changes. I don't think, as long as fingers crossed, we don't get any any injuries. Well, guys, I, I think I'm going to uh, do a rare thing and, and and agree with Ray. I mean, I I think this is. Um, <laughs> I, I think this is the team that uh, Pep fancies going forward. I mean, let's look. Let's look at this for a second. I mean, Aderson is 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 nailed on. Okay. Yeah. And you've got a Kanji Diaz. Cup, FA Cup, yeah. No, not in the FA Cup, but a Kanji Diaz Ake uh, for the back three seems to yeah. want to go for a back three. Uh, yeah. As Stones and Rodri as as a kind of like a defensive midfield uh, pivot. And then yeah, and you can probably put, put Lewis and Rodri in if uh, Stones is injured again or anything like that. Right, then Mares, De Bruyne, Gundogan, Grealish, Haaland. I'm trying to look, Ray, at what names are vulnerable. Possibly Laporte Mares. for a Kanji if a Kanji gets injured. Um, um, like Mares uh, may be vulnerable to. I think if people well, Mahrez Mahrez hasn't been, he's not been playing many league games, Mahrez, has he? That's the first, yeah. you know, that's his first. Uh, he's not been Mahrez. in there, and based on yesterday, yes, he's very vulnerable. Yeah, but the thing is, I think unless players get injured, most of them pick themselves now. You know, Laporte doesn't get in that side unless Akanji starts throwing uh, wobblers in games on a regular basis or, or gets injured. Um, Mares, he's as I said, most vulnerable for a replacement. But who do you put? It's either Bernardo, and then you get a different style of play, uh, or um, Alvarez, and once again you get something different. When Foden's back at the end of April, um, probably I reckon, I reckon Foden will be back. He'll be fit, but not fit to play in the FA Cup. So that that's great because Foden is only going to miss. Oh, it's not great because he misses the two Champions League and one league game. But I think he'll be back. For the if we need him for the Arsenal game, now that could be great to have Foden back for that game. You know, maybe get a few minutes in the FA Cup semi-final, uh, and then come back against Arsenal instead of Mares. But that's those are the only changes. But it's great, as Bernard said, that we've got Foden to come back. We've got Bernardo who can play Laporte, who I you know I think if he comes in won't really let us down. We've got Walker. It's four players there, so um, I think we've got good strength in depth. Uh, not a lot of depth, but We've got four, as I said, four players there. Um, and fingers crossed, not too many games, well, hopefully 16 games left this season, but it's not too many. Uh, and, and, you know, hopefully the players can pretty much stay fit for the rest of the season now. Pop quiz for the guys. This was the third manager that we have played in the last three games against Southampton. Who was the manager for this game and who were the, the previous two managers? Well, I'll give you the manager for this game. I'll take the easy one. Ruben Shelles. Celes Shelles. Spanish guy. 
Okay. All right. What Southampton managers, you mean, before... before yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yep. Hassan, Hassan Huttle. Yeah. Yeah. And Nathan Jones. Nathan no. Jones. I'm, I'm going to get you on a... Sorry, guys. I'm going to get you on a technicality. Um, oh, here we go. I'm, I am that. I am that pedantic. I'm going to get you. Ralph Hasenhutl was uh, was relieved of his duties. Okay, in November 2022, Ruben Shelles took over as caretaker manager for one game. Then it was Nathan Jones, and now it's Ruben Shelles again. So technically, Ruben Shelles has been two of the last three managers. Was it Nathan Jones in charge of them when they beat us? By the way. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, guys, going into this game, uh, I'm just looking at the Premier League results. Um, uh, Scum Chester United 2, Everton 0. Aston Villa 2, Nottingham Forest 0. Brentford 1, Newcastle 2. Fulham 0, West Ham 1. Leicester 0, Bournemouth 1. Tottenham 2, Brighton 1. Oh, gosh, we could talk about that all day. I know, I know Ray and I could. Uh, Wolves... <laughs> Wolves won Chelsea nil, and then coming into this no, game, well, we'll talk about we'll we'll talk we'll talk about a few of those games later, but um, guys, um, let's go into the uh, the first half and um, uh, the the goal flow that that some you know cheerleading city supporters were expecting didn't come that quick, did it, Bernard? No, we had a very good chance to. Uh... Uh, ease any nerves. I don't think there were any nerves. Uh, you know, I don't think City play on the nerves at this stage of a game, and you know, certainly not the first half of games. We seem to take it easy too much uh, for me. But uh, yeah, within four minutes, I think we had a, an overload, didn't we? we? Had four on three, and I think it ended up with our Mister Nearly Man, who's been been the man for the last uh, three or four games, Jack Grealish. And I, I thought he could have done a little bit better. We would have been one nil up. And of course, his shot went across. Bazuna got to it. Uh, I think. I think it was KDB who uh, misconnecting with the rebound off Bazunu. But uh, yeah, I mean, four four minutes, one nil up. You know what Southampton are like. They they are very good at wasting time when when they're, they're ahead in a game, and they're not great when it's nil nil. So if we'd gone one nil up, that would have brought them out a little bit more. But uh, all credit to Southampton. At least they sort of had a go in that first half. And when we missed the opportunity to take an early lead. I mean, Grealish could have passed Let's to uh, Haaland, couldn't he? Sorry, Grealish could have passed to Haaland. I think that yeah. would have been a tap. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just, we, 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 it's just one of those Grealish shots, wasn't it, again? that he, It's not beating the keeper. Why, why take a shot if it's going to get blocked by a defender? We've seen him do it before. It's, mm. He's got a defender right in front of him and he'll shoot. He knows he's going to get blocked, so what's the point? Oh, he's got a... He takes a shot where you just know the keeper's position well. He's got, he's gonna, and he's gonna save it because uh, unless Grealish is doing some something supernatural, uh, it's easy, easy to read, and that that's what mm. is frustrating about Grealish. Sometimes we'll come to his to the second half again, and, and a goal he scores then that will probably say a similar thing. He, he just he does the things you expect him to do, and goalkeepers and, and defenders do what you expect them to do: block him or save him, and. Uh, it's just a bit annoying, really, sometimes. Well, let's go to Ray. Um, Ray, um, we, we talked about the speed of um, Kyle Walker uh, a little bit earlier, but apparently, um, and I've checked this out now, I, I'm reading the, um, the, the speed statistics for the French League of last season, and this fella that they've got uh, for Southampton, Suleimana, is act, was actually number one. He was faster than 
Mbappe, and he got the first chance, I think, for Southampton, about 16 minutes in, I think. Yeah, he had, um, I think, was it a, a corner? Or a city corner? Is that the one? Yeah. yeah. Where That's right. He ended up legging it from their box to inside our box. I think Nathan Aki was the one in hot pursuit. I'm going to give Aki tremendous credit because, you know, he had to bust a gut to try and keep up with this fella. Um, but he's a young, I think he's a young kid. Um, he, he ran all that way. Um, he's got running all that way. So he must have been thinking as he ran, you know, about what he's going to do when he gets near the goal. And maybe it played on his mind a little bit too much. Aki um, didn't dive in, which I, I, I think that was the right thing to do, not to dive in and make the young man make his own mind up, make him score. Not like Cancelo did when against Liverpool, where he, he, was, he was diving in against Salah. Uh, and and uh, Salah just uh, um, so he's got a. I think Aki played well, and the kid made a mistake. I think Bernard can tell you a bit more about the kid's mistake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, guys. 1997, 1997. That's when um, I remember um, having breakfast one morning and, and reading that uh, Theo Walcott was being taken to the World Cup by Sven Goran Eriksson, and he was there their main man. And that was kind of interesting for me because after the game, uh, KDB uh, was trying to give props to the Southampton team for all their effort and said that uh, the only problem was that they didn't have uh, a, a real uh, striker. And uh, this was the one that was uh, chosen. And whatever happened to him, Bernard, he was the he was the great white hope, wasn't he? <laughs> well, I think well, injuries. Well, sorry, not the great white hope, the, the, yeah. the great British hope. Well, obviously, we've gone from Paul Suleiman or onto onto some someone else who, you know, if he puts a run of two or three games together playing, that I mean, his his injury problems have probably cost him. It's as simple as that. Um, I was very surprised when he was in the lineup. In fairness, uh, I always expect him to be on the bench or or not playing at all. But uh, it certainly well, it wasn't a, a president who where were you when President Kennedy died, uh, died moment was it? No, but, no. Uh, yeah, in 1997, I don't think Theo Walcott was particularly on my mind at that time, but uh, probably wondering about how City were going to get back up to the uh, to the back to the Premier League at that stage. But yes, uh, no, I, I think um, he, I don't know how old is he now. He must be, must be about. He must be getting on a bit. Uh, any guys? He must must be about 33 at least. Yeah, I say he's um, been there forever. I know he's young. Obviously, as, as uh, Mike said, in 97, he was a teenager, so he. He was 34 a couple of weeks ago. Right, happy birthday, okay. Happy birthday. Yeah. yeah. But if we get yeah. back can to... I just, go on. Can I, can I just say, on behalf of me and Ray, we were not even alive when President Kennedy died. Um, <laughs> that was 1963. <laughs> well, I was, that was 1963. I didn't know. I was only four. <laughs> I was only four, so I don't know. But it's not exactly one of those moments. Where were you when Elvis Presley died? That sort of moment. Yeah, Theo Walcott, uh, I don't think, usually comes into that category. <laughs> that was 76, so we might remember something about that. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, Ray, uh, this first half was a little bit underwhelming from City's point of view. And in fact, um, all of the mainstream um, uh, media were, were talking up Southampton in that first half and saying that they were giving us um, a really good game. And I, I thought there was something to that, I guess. Yeah, look, we... we you know, apart from that Jack Grealish half-hearted uh, shot apart uh, and, and, a, and a Haaland-headed uh, opportunity, uh, we didn't really 
create that much. We didn't dominate until I think the last 10 minutes of the first half when we started showing a bit more spark, uh, looked a bit more threatening. Uh, up to that point, it was pretty, <laughs> dare I say, it, uh, standard City Fair, a bit turgid at times with just passing it around. Southampton tried to do a bit of pressing. City didn't seem to be doing any pressing at all, really. You know, they weren't pressing uh, the goalie that that much or the, or the defenders until they came about 25 yards out of their, their own, uh, from their uh, goal line. So there was no uh, high-level press. Um, and it was it was a little, little bit, as I said, turgid. Uh, you're just waiting for something to happen. Look, City can make something happen out of nothing. That's why it's dangerous for the teams just to plod along like that at times. Um, but it, it was it was a, it was a slow affair that first time. Sidebar here for um, uh, Bernard. Bernard, um, in the event that uh, Gundogan leaves at the end of the season, like um, perish the thought, but um, there has been some speculation. Um, who's going to be City's next captain? And do you think that it's going to be Ruben Diaz? Yeah, I don't think there's anyone. I don't think there's anyone else in the equation, is there, mate? I mean, as far as leadership on the pitch is concerned, he's the man. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. I mean, I was always a bit doubtful when people like KDB took on the captaincy because it's just it's just not his sort of role. It's just not what he's good at. But uh, you know, you, you, Diaz. Uh, I don't think you have to. I don't think I can add anything to what he said, Mike. I think Diaz is is nailed on and. If there's anybody else, I'll be very, very surprised. Yeah, I mean, K KDB is a little bit temperamentally unsuitable. Let me speak, let me speak. But, Ray, would you agree <laughs> with that? <laughs> I, I agree with what Bernard said. Having said that, um, when Gundogan's not captain, it isn't it KDB? So, um, and, it, and it, Pep doesn't make a decision. He'll, he says he puts it up to the players. So, you know, it might be the players say, well, KDB's 32, or 30, coming up 33. You know, he's got a year or two left. Uh, he's a senior statesman. He does play most, most games. You know, Diaz hasn't played too many games this season, I don't think. Um, I'd, I'd, like to see, I'd like to see more City players taking responsibility on the pitch, you know, a bit more yeah, I agree. <laughs> a bit more fist pumping and a bit more um, of that sort of attitude. I'd like to see a little bit more of that. As I say, your captain perhaps doesn't have to be all that, uh, you know, and if you have got players, other players doing it. But uh, I'd like to see a little bit more of that from City players. Mm -hmm. Ray, do you think that um, Bernardo Silva is a wee bit diminished this season? Obviously, there's been so much speculation season after season that he's going somewhere else. He's the second favourite, well, equal favourite along with Gundo to perhaps move on. It was, I thought it was a wee bit surprising um, that, um, that he was on the bench. And also his kind of declining um, sort of impact on games. Is this something that you, you see as a, as a kind of an omen for the future? Can I just add this for Ray to comment on? Do you think do you think this change in Pep's style with Stones in our coming into this position and we've mentioned Lewis? Yeah, yeah. Do you think think that Ray is, is Pep preparing for the fact that he knows Bernardo's not going to be there and this is how he's going to move forward without Bernardo Bernardo's availability? All right. There's three things that I've got to think about. One, you look at the quality of, of, of Walker. So is Walker going to be moving? You know, he's coming to the end. He's 33. Um, is this because we've got no one suitable to come in and take his place? I mean, we can go and buy somebody. I'm sure, I'm sure that that's an option. Is this system done to help suit Haaland so that we've got more people 
in an advanced position uh, and in terms of KDB and, and, and Gundogan, we have that kind of square, that kind of box in midfield now. And because we've got two people in the defensive part of midfield, maybe Gundogan and KDB can get the ball in earlier to Haaland and they can take that risk of a, a misplaced, misguided pass because you've got Stones up there and Stones isn't, you know, 10, 15 yards further back. So you've got an extra body there to either pick up the pieces or slow a player down or engage an opponent higher up the pitch rather than having Rodri trying to cover up everything. So that might be it. It, it might be he's looking at, you know, Bernardo leaving and we're not going to have that kind of impish uh, uh, player that just darts here and there and gives energy all over the pitch. Uh, and, you know, we, 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 we actually, when you look at it, you got Gundogan, Stones, Rodri. They kind of slow it down. It's KDB who speeds it up a bit. So maybe we, we're doing, doing that, but maybe Gundogan's going as well. And, you know, there's, there's so many things to think about who's coming and going. But, you know, but, but having said that, all that, it wasn't long ago that Bernardo might play two or three, start two or three games. Then Gundogan would start two or three games. Then KDB get rested for one. So I don't think it's um, wholly indicative of what's going to happen in the future. Because hey, you know, maybe against um, Bayern Munich, Pep wants to go with Bernardo. He wants something different. So I think Pep seems to be doing it like that, having a few games with somebody, then chopping and changing. Because maybe someone gets you. Know, you got obviously get tiredness comes into it. Maybe complacency as well. Maybe somebody. He thinks, right, I think they're just going to go off the boil. I'll bring uh, Bernardo back for a couple of games, let Gundogan have a rest and have a couple of sub-appearances. And maybe that keeps the the unit, the, the squad fresh. You know, you because you've got to keep about, I think, six, at least 16, 17 players fresh throughout the rest of the season. You can't just say, right, these are my best 11. We're going to play these all the time. And then you, you don't give people like Laporte didn't play yet. So it might defeat my argument, but you've got to give people like Bernardo a, a run out, people like Calvin Phillips, people like Walker. You've got to keep people interested and and match fit. Well, guys, it's gonna it's definitely gonna be an exciting summer for um, for both from the Blue and other City podcasts. You've got uh, exciting news like um, Kavarts Kelia from Napoli coming out and saying that he is not at all. Um, about to sign a new contract from Napoli. You've got Jude Bellingham. This is something that makes me laugh so much. Every man jack of the press saying that he's going to go to Liverpool. Why on earth would he go to Liverpool when his best mate is playing for Man City? But anyway, those are things we'll get on to later. Guys, the first goal, 41st minute, Erling Haaland. And he'd been having a jumping competition, Bernard, with him, with James Ward-Prowse. I don't think it was very equal, was it? Not really, no. It's just what he did with it, isn't it? I mean, obviously, we get to the 41. I think Suleiman that we talked about before, who who sort of made the error for allow Edison to make the save. And then he had another good chance, didn't he, just before, uh, just after the the Haaland first attempted header that went wide. uh, He sort of got through on goal. He was was their best guy, obviously, up front, but he just lacked a bit of composure. And, of course, he sent a cross-come shot or shot-come cross. I wasn't quite sure what it was. But literally, we went up the other end. Harland had outjumped Ward Prowse, as you mentioned there, Mike, a little bit earlier. Uh, again, from a, a, a good move. Uh, it looks as though it was a goal to us. Us sat, stood at the other end. Uh, it looks as though it hit the hit the net, but obviously it had bounced off the backboards and hit the back of the net. So we looked right idiots to the uh, to the Southampton fans that were still there at that stage of the game, although many had gone for a already 
piled out for half-time uh, brews, etc. And, of course, uh, we do get the opportunity on, um, I think it was 45 minutes, wasn't it? 44, 45 minutes. And yeah, JDB, um, Grealish did well to win the ball back just outside the, the penalty area. It was either a bad ball from Southampton out, but he was quick enough to nip in, laid it back out to KDB, and he hung it in there. And, of course, uh, uh, Bazuna's got no chance, as long as it's not at him. Uh, of course, early in Ireland, again, the defenders looked a bit flat, bit square, a bit flat-footed. And, of course, uh, the only chance Bazuna's got of saving that is if Haaland actually heads it at him. If he, if he heads it a few inches either way, it's a goal and you can't react. And a great goal, and he, and he didn't have long to dwell on it, on his miss three or four minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. Interesting uh, tweet, Ray that um, I, I saw on my timeline that said that um, Erling Haaland is just a jumped-up Ed and Dzeko who, after one or two seasons, will go off to Real Madrid. What do you think about that? He's just a shit Ricky Lambert, isn't he? Oh, that's what he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, look um, for, for a start, Ed and Dzeko didn't go to Real Madrid. Um, look, there's always going to be a lot of guff talked about in the newspapers and on uh, the radio and on t- you know on satellite TV and everything else about who's coming to this club and who's going to Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool are getting so many new players this summer. Apparently, you know, Mason Mount's going there. Jude Bellingham's going there. Uh, there's another uh, midfielder. You know, who's going. Uh, there's just so many. You know, top midfielders are going. Everybody's making a beeline for Liverpool this this summer. I, I just can't believe it. A team that's struggling to get into Europa Conference League. So there's a lot of rubbish written out there. Look, we don't know what the, the truth is. Uh, for me right now, Haaland scoring a ton of goals. I'm just going to enjoy them. I'm not going to you know, be looking over my shoulder, worrying that he's going to go to Real Madrid in two years' time. Because <laughs> looking at what he's, the numbers he's producing, Real Madrid can't afford him in two years' time. So forget that. Just enjoyment City. And uh, let everybody else be jealous. Yeah, guys, that that is one thing that uh, that can kind of console us. I mean, if a an enormous uh, team were to come in for Erling Haaland, they're going to have to pay two hundred million for him easily. Anyway, guys, it finished one um, nil uh, at halftime. There were no immediate uh, changes. And um, how did you think um, the beginning of the the first ten minutes of the second half went, uh, Bernard? Yeah, just to say that was obviously KDB's 100th Premier League assist. Um, well, Ray wants to expand on that at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you 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 nip me question there, uh, Bernard, because I was going to ask you how many assists KDB has got for Manchester City in the league, and I knew Mike would come back quick as a whippersnapper and say a hundred because everybody's talking about KDB's 100 assists, um, and Mike would have been demanding that he get his prize. Uh, but I'd, I'd, I would have pointed out that he did uh, have provide one assist for Chelsea. Uh, his short time there, um, and if you if you forgot about Chelsea, yeah, he did play about whatever twelve, fifteen games or whatever it was. Bit part player for them when Mourinho was there. And if you, you probably remember when KDB came to City, you had people like that, the video's been doing the rounds again. On it was on Sky Sports um, where Phil Thompson and uh, who's the other one, Paul Merson. We're rubbishing him and saying he's not worth it. Uh, it's a no-brainer to uh, to take the money because he's not he's not worth that sort of money, uh, you know. And look what he's done. He's he's just he's he's going to be very soon 
second in the uh, all-time list of Premier League assists. I think he's fifth at the moment. This season, he'll finish third. Uh, next season, he'll go, move up to second. I don't think he'll ca- uh, uh, catch the... Uh, <laughs> I nearly said something <laughs> highly, highly inappropriate for this hour. But um, anyway... Um, <laughs> um, Maybe you need to try that yoga that Ryan Giggs was uh, always on about. <laughs> yoga. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, he will, I don't think he'll ever catch the 162 goals that the sheep shag and Ryan Giggs got to. <laughs> I kept it clean there, guys. Trust me, that was clean. <laughs> yeah, so okay, sorry. Well, yeah. I, did, I did digress there, didn't I, Mike? You were asking about the start of the second half. I, thought we, well, I, I was, just, I was. Just to mention oh, KDB yeah. there uh, before we moved on, which I think is only right because it's quite an achievement, isn't it? And we do tend as a team, as players, uh, we're just so used to City players and the team breaking records time and time again. It's, it's lovely, isn't it? It's, it's great for us to to enjoy it and, and dwell on it and, and be, be really glad for our guys. Yeah, I mean, the, first, the second half, um, Gundo had a great chance, didn't he? He, he had a, a great chance on 51 minutes. And I think it, just from where we were, it just didn't curl enough. And yet he got his, he sort of wrapped his foot around it nicely. And I think Grealish had combined very well with him again. So the, the nearly man was up in his game. So that was good. And yeah, that was 51 minutes. And Southampton hadn't really got back into it in the second half. It looked as though... We did our usual where we had a bit of a, a dire first half and Pepper had a few words at half time, kicked a few butts and uh, it looked as though we, we meant it in the second half. And uh, Gundo was quite unlucky not to score, but it just never looked as though it's going to go in. Yeah, I think they, they were quite right. I think it was on match of the day where they said um, the ball just stopped curling. Yeah. It was almost there. Um, Ray, fascinating uh uh, double substitution on 57 minutes. We, we were only 1-0 up and he decides to um, to put on the aforementioned Mr. Walker and Bernardo, took off John Stones and uh, and Riyad Mahrez. I think um, we were talking earlier, I think um, uh, Bernard had no problem with um, with the Mahrez substitution. The other one was slightly more questionable. Yes. Look, um, I mean, the funny thing was it was early. 57 minutes is, is pretty early for Pep to, to be making changes, mm. especially since we were already winning um, um, by only a goal to nil. If it was 3-0, then you say, OK, fair enough. But Maris, yeah, I, Well, Stones was carrying a book, you know, wasn't he? So perhaps yeah. he's a bit wary of that. Well, yeah, maybe. maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is with Mares, he hadn't really done that much. And the game is one of his, let's say, uh, I think the polite word is quieter games. Um, Stones, he, he did all right. Maybe it was a combination. Well, to be honest, Bernard, if it was because he, he was on a booking or he was saving him, wouldn't he, you'd have thought he'd have brought Rico Lewis on? You know, in effect, like for like. But he, yeah. he, he changed it around. And maybe well, it's, it's, it was as always with accepting that his new system that Walker can't play, it was all of a sudden a load of crap and he had to put Walker <laughs> back on. You know, that was what he was and Bernardo, Bernardo and Walker goes back to our old system, doesn't it? Or the way we yeah, used know. to play. So it was as though he had doubts about his own change. Well, I'm not sure about that. See, I, I give I'm going to give Pep a little bit more credit and, and say that he, he looked at it and he, he was going to take Mares off because Mares was. Ineffective, okay. Crap. Uh, <laughs> ineffective for our Algerian friends. It was off. It was off it for this game. It was a yeah, slightly it was off, off it. Off it. Slightly off, yeah. off his top game. 
Um, and when and when you bring Bernardo on, if you're not going to take Gundogan or KDB off, then you are going to change things up, up. And maybe the easiest way, thinking that, yes, Stones is on a yellow card, maybe the easiest way was to do it that way, where you bring um, Walker on and you just change the system a little bit uh, and, and give Southampton something a little different to think about. Maybe, you know, I'm, uh, maybe that was the way he wanted to do it. But it's it soon paid dividends, didn't it? It did. Actually, one minute later, defence splitting pass from Kevin De Bruyne. And uh, we're on to uh, talking about Mr Grealish, who apparently all of the press, all of the newspapers are, are saying, no one's talking about his 100 million uh, price tag now, are they? I'm not sure that that's um, slightly hyperbolic, but uh, what do you think, Bernard? Yeah, I mean, it, I think before, I think uh, Grealish had done well to beat the offside, sort of like an offside trap, wasn't it? I know it went to VAR. I don't, I don't know how close it was uh, from being there. I could, we couldn't make it out. But first of all, Haaland had played a lovely little, laid a lovely little ball off to KDB on about in and around the halfway line, and that allowed KDB to release, of course, uh, old, old old Grealish on the left hand side. And he looked, he looked as though he could sort of get to go without being challenged, but. I, don't know who the defender was who ran across to try and block him. He seemed to, in the same way Aki had sort of uh, closed down the guy in the first half, uh, he seemed to do that. And again, Grealish, I mean, his shot didn't ever look as though he was going to score with it. He, he sort of smacked it towards goal, but all credit to him, he hit the target. And as I said, Bazoon has got a, a, a propensity not, not to sort of put these balls out for corners or hold on to him or anything like that. So it, perhaps he played the percentages, and perhaps I'm giving him a bit too much credit than he deserves, Grealish. But Bazuna just literally got a hand, a good hand to it, but literally just bounced back to Grealish. And all credit to Grealish, um, his first shot was his left foot, and he did Cancelo like with the outside of his right boot. He just nipped it into the goal, and he, he was very cool and calm. But again, uh, we, we have to sort of be glad that Bazuna can't can't catch a cold or can't can't put balls out for corners. It was. Uh, Probably poor goalkeeping in that. I think Bazuna might have done a little bit better and put it out of play for a corner at least or something like that. But uh, all credit for Grealish to, to stay cool. But again, he got a bit of a lucky break there. I think uh, I think we, uh, we were tuned up and uh, yeah, just. But I think we deserved it by that stage. Yeah, and I know for a fact that um, uh, six minutes later, six minutes later, Ray was terrified. I know he was terrified because some, Southampton did a substitution. And they took off uh, El Yunusi and they put on Adam Armstrong. And that's when Ray <laughs> thought the game was going to go against us. <laughs> I really Alan Armstrong, that's a blast. I've not heard his name for a while. He's about as bald as uh, Bernard Amin, see? Um, <laughs> they may, they may, as well put, may as well put Stretch Armstrong on, might they, really? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he was about as bald as Bernard Amin, about as good as Bernard Amin. He, you know, I mean, Look, this is one of the reasons Southampton are languishing on the table uh, and look, uh, odds on certainties to, to be relegated uh, because, you know, they're playing with ye yesterday's men, yeah? Not the nearly men, they're playing with yesterday's men. You know, I, I don't really think Alan Armstrong's a, a Premier League uh, uh, player anymore. You know, all due respect to him. He might not have ever been a Premier League player, really. <laughs> but um, I, I, trust me, I wasn't quaking in my boots when, when he came on. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, um, uh, very, very quick, uh, 10 minutes later, and you had um, Erling Haaland sitting in the Buddha position again, 
Namaste, Namaste. And there he was. And uh, this was a, a great combination between uh, Grealish and a guy that's like six feet five, but he gets up. He's quite athletic, isn't he, Bernard? Our big lummox. Well, you, you know me. Yeah. I, I love our big lummox. I, mu I must admit, I really do. And the thing is, I mean, Grealish's ball, well, I mean, to be honest with you, he should have been finding Haaland's head, shouldn't he? Let's be honest about it. I mean, he, he had time to sort of dink it over. But, of course, as long as you put it in the vicinity of Ireland, you know, he can stick something out and put it in the net. And he did more than that, didn't he? He didn't just stick something out. He did a, he did it the old Dennis Stewart and uh, decided to actually put it back the other way. And um, I think Ray will, yeah, I don't Did he hit it sweetly, Ray, or, or what? Or did he shin it? But, uh, yeah, it was, he made the most of it. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. Look, look, uh, he, he shinned it. There's no, I don't think there's any question about that. But... You know, for me, he he meant to shin it. You know, he could hit it with any part of his body that he wants, and I'll turn around and say he meant it. Um, you know, he, he got it. He hit it sweet. Whatever happens, he hit it sweet. He timed it. Bazunu had no chance. It just, you know, uh, it went past him before the kid had even moved. It, it was just another uh, super goal from Ireland. He scored quite a few like that, um, and that was it. Was its thirtieth Premier League goal this season? Incredible. Mm -hmm. And so he's got he's four more goals. Uh, he's only eight behind, is it? Tommy Johnson, who holds a record for um, the most City goals. So he's he's certainly within within range of getting to that. Pop quiz, guys. Pop quiz. When was the last Manchester City player to score 30 lean goals in the top flight? And what year was it? Ray? <laughs> I know the answer. Well, I, was, was that, I don't think I was born, was I, Mike? No, you were born. But only about uh, two or three years old. Yeah, because we're looking Franny? at six, six, 70, 71. It's not summer, babe. Franny? Franny Lee. It was Franny Lee. In which year? 70, Ray would have been 71. maybe three or four. 70, 71? 72. 72. Oh, right. uh, and that was the last time that happened. <laughs> but that's interesting. Um, and there we go. Penalties, Mike. Was it? Was it thirteen in the league, and you've scored fifteen in total? Exactly, exactly. And we got that fact uh, handily supplied to us from the guys uh, on match of the day. But anyway, um, here oh, we I'm go. Ray, I'm going to throw something in there, Mike. I'm just to, you know, I'm a. I can be pedantic at times. I know but you can. But Namaste is not a Buddhist greeting. He, well, that's not, what I learned. From, that's what I learned from the um, from the commentary and match of the day. That's what they said oh, when um, when it, when he did his little pose. Namaste is normally what you what uh, I think um, Indians would say. Uh, it's in Hindi, I think. Uh, Buddhist Namaste is not a Buddhist specific greeting. They might say, but it's not really. There's other things you Buddhists might say, but let's not go into too much. But I just want to be, you know, me a pedantic um, kind of person. All right. Well, let me be. Uh, let me be a little bit pedantic uh, with the fact that um, as soon as Haaland scored, he was um, he was substituted. Bernard, he oh, was yes. denied another hat trick. He was yeah. Well, off. I think that's that's quite right. I think there's nothing on me. I had a go the other week about the yeah. chance of him to break, make history, and that's what we're talking about. Uh, but scoring another hat trick's neither here nor there, is it? That's just one of those things. And we've got a big game on Tuesday, so I, I thought in this instant, Pep was. Uh, Totally correct to take him off and uh, bring on the old Argentine master. Yeah, look, mm -hmm. I, mean, I think as, as Bernard said, look, he scored two goals. We're winning three 0 
I think he deserved to be pulled off but, uh, at that time. Uh, and Pep, Pep did the right thing by pulling him off, putting Alvarez on. Um, you know, Alvarez is such an unlucky, unlucky guy because pretty much I reckon every other Premier League team he'd be starting up from. Man United, yes. Chelsea, yes. Spurs, he's better than a Harry Kane. But he, he, he'd be playing a, a, as part of their front three. Um, Arsenal, yes. Liverpool, oh, yes. So any other Premier League side, he'd be playing uh, up front. His World Cup winner scored a ton of goals. He's won, I think he won the Copa Libertadores as well, I think, in his past. He's, he's won so much in his career. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Harry Kane can only dream of all, all these trophies. And hopefully, a young Mr. Alvarez will get one or two more, maybe even three. Uh, trophies uh, this season at City. Um, but he's, he's not a bad replacement to have, but he's really unlucky. After, uh, uh, you know, he had a really good game last time out against Liverpool to, to be dropped for Haaland. But, I mean, that's, hey, them, that's the riches that City have got. Mm-hmm. Well, Bernard, no longer had we uh, settled down after that. There was a goal for Southampton, um, um, double substitution by, um, by Telles and... Um, this player that um, I'd never heard of before, but now I have, uh, Gennepo, quite twinkle-toed, wasn't he? Yeah, Pinocchio. Um, he set up the goal. Yeah, Pinocchio's dad. Uh, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I mean, he just, he just, oh, well, Walker's got to be blamed. Obviously, Walker's getting a fair chunk of the blame, isn't he? He turned him, him, him inside out, obviously, but he was still on the edge of the box. He still had work to do, and he just kept going. Of course, uh, you got players like Bernardo, who's not renowned renowned for uh, uh, being a John Stones like at the back. He, you know, he sort of had a go at him. He sort of pushed him to one side, and of course, when he got into the box, Gundo was around, but he's in the box by then, isn't he? We're three 0 up. Uh, is it worth? Is it worth? giving a penalty away and perhaps being I don't think he would have been sent off but there's plenty of people about but is it is it worth the risk just let him let him go on what do you think Ray that's for you Ray Ray's little sleeper uh, anyway um, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, Ray's, Ray's dropped out yeah so literally uh, of course Gundogan had the opportunity to try and get something in but he didn't want to give the penalty away, did he? He didn't want to, to risk that or, or whatever so oh, crap, he, he pulled it back he pulled it back for Mira. Uh, Mira. Is it Mira? Is that how you pronounce it? He pulled it back for Mira. And, of course, um, Mira rifled it into the goal. And, of course, uh, I don't think any blame on Edison. Edison had uh, absolutely no chance uh, whatsoever of getting to it. And, uh, yeah, 3-1. 3-1, the, the back in it. And, of course, uh, 3-1, you never... You know, there's always a doubt. I mean, I'm a, I'm a City fan. There's always a doubt that... Uh, you know, we'll, <laughs> that they might come in. I mean, they, they were losing three one to Tottenham uh, Southampton the last home game, and he managed he managed to pull it back to three three. So there's always a doubt that uh, City can see this one out because I'm a City fan. I've been there a long, long time. But uh, yeah, it was it was a bit unfortunate. But they raced back, uh, didn't they? They raced back to the halfway line, hoping to to obviously clamber back into it. And this was a uh, a stone cold of stone cold penalties, Ray, wasn't it? Absolutely, it was. Was it only half a minute after they scored um, that mm-hmm. we got that penalty? I think it was Kyle Walker Peters brought down KDB. I don't think he got the ball, and to be honest, even if he got his, his studs on it, he went through KDB to get there. So it was it was nailed on, uh, and uh, our man uh, uh, Alvarez. Uh, uh, Argentinian matador, he steps up 
And uh, I'll give him credit because he let the goalkeeper dive and he just popped it down the middle. And some less charitable people than me would have said he was lucky, <laughs> but I, 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 I'm, I'm with the, the young man, I think. You send the goalkeeper on, whether it's with your eyes or not. Or as long as the goalkeeper goes the other direction to where the penalty is going, it's a good penalty in my book. Lovely substitute to bring on, um, uh, Bernard. Uh, just just your old World Cup winner, um, Alvarez. Um, and uh, he's he's growing and growing um, into these games, isn't he? Yeah, I was a bit worried when he, you know, who was going to take the penalty at first. I was trying to think, would uh, KDB take it? And then obviously... Uh, there's no lack of confidence with old Alvarez's, so let's be honest about it. He's a World Cup winner, as you say, so uh, totally right. Uh, as Ray said there, I, I was a bit, if Bazuna hadn't committed himself, uh, it would have hit him in the nose. But, I mean, uh, you know, at the end of the day, this, the guy has to step up and take it, and all credit to him. He, uh, most goalkeepers are going to commit themselves one way or the other, uh, whether the player gives him the eye or not, so or sort of puts his body language to place it in a certain way. A lot of keepers will make the decision beforehand anyway. They're not going to take much notice of what the player does. And Bazunu did, unfortunately, he, he chose wrong. And uh, it was, from my angle, actually looked as though it, it hit the top left-hand corner. So it looked better from my angle. But uh, I put it on Twitter, the my little image of it. I had me, you know, I know we, we slagged these fans off for having the phones out, but... Obviously, I do it for the for the for the vlogs for my own little things, not not for the fact I want to do it. I just I just want other people to see it and enjoy it. So, from my angle, it looks as though he did it top corner, but it'll do. He'll do. Do you get your half an hour well, scout, Bernard? <laughs> no, 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 I'll tell you what. Like, we whinge, don't we? We whinge at uh, at the Etihad, but. Uh, every every other fan had an half and half scarf on uh, yesterday at that game. That, that's for sure. There's, a, you know, I know they don't. It only holds thirty thousand or so. Not quite a sellout. There's a few empty seats in the in the Southampton bit, but uh, yeah, there's there's quite a lot of half and halves there yesterday. But certainly certainly not from me, mate. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, double double four one wins, guys. City are flying. And now, before I get on to the uh, the next thing. Um, any anything else that either of you guys wants to mention about this game before I move on? Well, not about specifically about the game, but I just wanted to mention what Haaland's managed to do in his last 195 minutes of football. So that's actual time on the pitch. I'd like you to guess, Mike, how many goals he scored <laughs> in the last 195 minutes. Let's see. Let's see if you how close you can get. Ten. <laughs> That's a blooming good guess, Mike. Can you explain it to me? How he scored? <laughs> I just, uh, I just, uh, I, I, I drew that out of the air. And on, and on the, and on the basis of for forty-four minutes of this game, he was crap. That's not bad going, really, is it? <laughs> yeah, he does it quite regularly. Actually, in the last three games, Pep's pulled him off after sixty odd minutes after he scored five, three, and two. That's how he's got his ten goals. Um, I'm gonna have to pick. Um, Choose harder questions for you next time, Mike. <laughs> amazing, amazing. I, w- I would have gone for eight, actually, so I would have been wrong. You'd have been not far away, but not as good as Mike. It's like Mike's been doing homework. <laughs> well, uh, guys, let's um, let's move on from this game. Obviously, it was a fantastic result, but we've got this game um, that we're, we're interested in, um, Arsenal against Liverpool. Now, guys, please tell me, please tell me, Liverpool obviously got tanked by Man City. They're not going to allow Arsenal to do that to them in front of their own fans, Ray. 
That's not going to happen. They're, they're going to have the Scouse pride. They're going to make sure that they get a modicum of uh, respect from this one, aren't they? Right, mate. Well, it's, it's, it goes every, against every fibre of my being to want Liverpool to win this game. Every fibre of my being. Um, but I want Liverpool to win this game. And they can. They've got, they do have the capacity, um, you know, to get a lead. You know, they've got this, they've not become rubbish overnight. They've still got some good players. And all it takes they, one they chance kind to of have become rubbish overnight. But one thing about Arsenal, the Arsenal's shown us they've got that resilience coming back from, was it two goals down against Bournemouth to beat them 3 2, uh, scoring about the 98th minute uh, winner. So Arsenal's shown us time and time again this season that they have got the resilience to come back uh, from uh, obviously being behind and to win games. That they wouldn't, you didn't think they'd win. So, but it, I think it'd go e either way. But there's, a, there's obviously a lot of pressure on Liverpool. Uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Klopp because if they get beat here, they're so far behind Arsenal. They must be nearer the bottom of the table than the top Liverpool now. So, you know, there will be questions asked about Klopp if they on another poor showing because you, it's natural to think, have the players given up playing for Klopp? You know, has he lost the dressing room? Because if they get tanked, it's possible they could get thrashed. But I think there's a lot of pressure on Arsenal. And that's what I'm counting on for the rest of the season. Arsenal are five points ahead of City. Okay, all right. Um, at the moment, we've got a game in hand. But we've also got to play them. Oh, sorry, that's the game. <laughs> that is the game then, in effect. We've got... Um, oh, sorry, we, at the moment, we're five points behind. Uh, we've got to play them, sorry. If we... Let's say we beat them. We're hoping that we do. That's down to two points. So this game against Liverpool is crucial. Arsenal know they've got to keep winning. Our goal difference is five better than Arsenal's at the moment. Arsenal know, if, even if they draw against Liverpool, for instance, and if we win the rest of our games, including beating them, our goal difference probably will be enough to see us through. As I said, we're plus five at the moment. If they draw with Liverpool, it stays plus five. Let's say we beat Arsenal 1-0. As goes to seven better off. And Arsenal, in about seven games, have got to make that up. And we've got Haaland. So they would look at that goal difference. As Liverpool did a few seasons back, they look at it as worth another point. So Arsenal got to say, right, we've got to go out and win every game. And if we are winning every game, Arsenal have to win every game. They can't afford to even drop, you know, can't afford to even get a draw because that's too too risky knowing where we've got that um, goal difference advantage. So you've got to hope at some point that pressure uh, takes its toll. You know, Arsenal got Liverpool this weekend. Next weekend, I'm just going to look ahead quickly. We've got Leicester at home, one of the worst teams in the league at the moment. Um, manager, managerless, rudderless, plummeting down the table. Arsenal away at West Ham. We've just managed to win their last two games. So the pressure will mount whatever happens uh, in the, the game in, that's going to start in about, well, from recording in about an hour and 20 minutes. Whatever happens in this game uh, uh, today, there's still going to be other difficult games and we've just got to keep applying that pressure. That's all we can do, you know, just win our own games and see what happens. Now, that game, uh, Liverpool at Arsenal, that's at Anfield. Am I, am I wrong about that? No. Okay, Bernard, uh, let, let, Bernard, let me set the scene for you. It's Anfield. 60,000 screaming Scousers. You've got like... Um, horrible, horrible thought. Uh, carry on, carry on. You, 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 you've got the Anfield rap giving bulk from the blue dogs abuse every week because of our shad Friday. And um, they've got to get something out of this, haven't they? Surely. You'd hope so. You'd hope so. You'd hope so for their own their own pride. Um, right. 
Yeah. We know they're quite capable of it. It's you know Arsenal, you know, will be worried about this. There's no doubt about it. I don't care how, how confident they are. I don't matter what they've done in the past. They'll be like we would be. And it's hard to say. I mean, they don't have a great record at Anfield. Like we've got a useless record at Anfield. I don't. I don't think Arsenal's as bad as ours over time. But it certainly is over the last uh, few seasons. It's uh, as bad, if not worse, than ours. At least we've managed a, a victory. They, I don't think they have uh, recently. So. They're, they're worried about this. And all, all we need is a half-decent Liverpool side to turn up. And, of course, this goal advantage that Ray was talking about there, of course, if Liverpool can get two or three goals more against them, that increases it as well. So that makes it even better, even better for us from the goal difference point of view. So, yeah, uh, it'd be very, if, if Arsenal win this, I, I, I will not, not give up, but I will say that, yes, all credit to them. Uh, whether they win it by default or by hook or by crook, by whatever way they, they win it at Anfield, all credit to them if they do it. And if they don't, as Ray said there, West Ham away, we've got Leicester at home. By the time we played the FA Cup semi-final, they would have played another extra game because obviously they're playing all right, an easy game against Southampton uh, at home uh, at the Emirates the day before, uh, on the day be- day or the same day as us or the day before we play our FA Cup semi-final. But if you get to that stage where literally they go above us, just the fact they played a couple of games more, I mean, you know, it, it bounces back into our favour, doesn't it, with them, them having to come to ours. So within the space of this and next week, uh, I think it'll say a, a lot about the title race. And let's just let's just hope uh, Liverpool can put in, a, all they need to do is put in a half-decent performance and get at least... At least a draw or, or stuff them, which would be lovely. Of course, it will another seven, another seven nil. But uh, as I say, it's not easy. This is this is a toughie for Arsenal. This this all right. They're worried about coming to ours, but this this is a big big game for us. This will tell us about Arsenal. As I said, if they do win it, all credit to them, and I will have you know this fifty five forty five will go to a seventy five twenty five uh, percentage in, in sort of their favour. With you know, with, we've still got to play them at our place. Still plenty of games to go but uh, it'll be a cracking game and as, as people are listening to this they'll know, probably know exactly what's happened they'll, they'll know whether Arsenal have done anything or Liverpool have stuffed them or whatever they, they won't know what's happened Bernard because I'm putting it out straight after this well, but, um... all right, well it's, it's quarter past three now <laughs> probably by the time the guys get time to you know they'll be getting ready to watch the match probably so by the time they listen to this it'll be you know they'll be cock a hoop or or like us a bit a bit depressed, but but it's not. It won't be over anyway. Well, listen, I would never normally uh, put you guys in this position, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's a bit like you remember you remember you remember Steve Steve Irwin that that guy was the crocodile hunter. Yeah, uh, he would go out and he would um, he would like go out there and tackle these enormous beasts in the jungle, and he would say, "Now listen, guys, you should never, never, never do this." Never approach an animal like this. Well, we know what happened to him, gonna, though, mate. Don't we? Flipping heck. Come on. But, but, but he would always finish it off but, by saying, but I'm going <laughs> to. So I'm going to ask uh, both of you guys. I'm going to ask for a score prediction. I'm going to go to Ray first. Liverpool, Arsenal, Ray. Now, listen, you're not bound by this. Two. It's just your opinion. What's your, what's your score prediction? 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Okay, let's go over to Bernard. What do you think? Yeah, heart job, 1-1. One, one. One one, okay, fantastic. All right, well, guys, I think we're coming to the end of the pod, but we can't finish it without uh, mentioning the fact that we've got another game after this one against Bayern Munich, who've been put out of the uh, the German Cup by Freiburg, although they did um, eventually sort of like redeem themselves by reclaiming their top spot 
uh, at the top of the uh, the German league. Um, what are your thoughts about this game? And we're going to finish on this. We're going to start with Bernard and say, what are your thoughts about this game, Bernard? Yeah, well, let's face it. I mean, even when they've been they were stumbling along in the Bundesliga, they was they were sort of uh, beating teams for fun in the Champions League. I mean, they're unbeaten now in all the group games. Are obviously this stuff PSG they had a couple of little little blips against them, but they got through that quite easily. Um, so even when they were struggling in the Bundesliga, now they don't seem to be. Now they seem to be back on top. And for me, obviously, firm favourites again to win that. Even though obviously teams like Berlin. Uh, Berlin and uh, Dortmund have been pressurising them. They seem to have got over that. The change in managers doesn't seem to have affected them too much. Uh, they've got some the, the same sort of squad, the same sort of players are doing the business that have been doing them. And it's a, it's a tough game. It is a tough game. And we've got to be, you know, we certainly, if we play anything like our first 44 minutes against Southampton, that'll be no use whatsoever. We've got to be right at it for this one. Uh, yes, they do have frailties at the back. Of course, they do, but most teams do. Uh, you know, ourselves included. Uh, but you know, we've got to make it count. Ireland, after his twenty minutes rest, will be up for this. You know, I won't mind Pep leaving on for an trick for this one. I'll, I'll, I'll take that all day long. But uh, it's going to be a cracking game. I think, from the neutral point of view, it'll be a cracker. I, I don't usually get nervous with Champions League games. Uh, I just don't until we get to right to the final or very close to the final. Real Madrid away last year, yes, I was a nervous wreck. But, uh, yeah, this one I'm nervous for because it, it, we're going to have to be at it. Uh, cracking team. They are a, still a cracking team. Two calls there. All right, we stuffed in the last couple of times we played them. But he, he did have a bit of a hoodoo over Pep. And mainly because of Pep's fault. It wasn't to do with Tuchel. It was just Pep. Pep, had, Pep, Pep bottled it, so hopefully he won't do this time against him. And uh, as I say, he's had a couple of good results since that stupid game in Porto. So, yeah, tough game, but I'm confident. I'll, I'll give you a prediction. I, I, I don't think we're going to... It's. I think we can beat them 2-1 and get at least a draw over there. So I'm, I'm going to go that we can beat them and beat them 2-1. Ray, will Leroy Sane take his bloody revenge against us? No. I'd, I'd be looking to start the game. Um, as Bernard says, it's, it's not. It's not. These are not gimme games, you know. You're playing top top teams. Um, it's not going to be easy. We're in cracking form. And I just hope that we can carry that into into that game. Having said that, you've got to look at who we beat. You know, in those all right, Liverpool uh, shit. Um, we beat Southampton, bottom of the league, and was it Leipzig? Who um, you know, Burnley Championship to, team, yeah, Burnley. Burnley. Yes. Yeah, so, so, you know, I'm not saying we beat nobody's, but Bayern Munich are a different kettle of fish. We're going to have to bring our A game. I hope we do. I hope we bring our A game and I hope we, we do the business. Uh, I'd, I'd like it to be uh, the difference to be two goals. So I'll say City win by four goals to two. Oh, oh that's a good, that's go a good on, result. Man, go four on, two man. against the Germans. We'll take that. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. I don't know if it's the Russian Lionsman, <laughs> but I don't think it'll be a Russian Lionsman, will it? I don't think Russia are involved, are they, at the moment in uh, refereeing games, are they? I don't know. Is that what do you think? Is it? I assume they're not. No idea. No idea. I doubt it at the moment. They're not obviously, uh, oh. they certainly won't be in Eurovision, will they? So that, that's for sure. No. <laughs> right, let's knock on the head, guys. Come on, come on. That's fantastic, guys. Well, listen, we'll finish it off here. And I hope you enjoyed it. And one thing is for damn sure, we'll be back with you after that game. And anyway, let's finish off here. You've been listening to Ray Bubbles. Ray, thank you very much for coming on. 
most welcome Mike. Do it again. And you've been Yeah, thank you. And you've been listening to Bernard. Bernard, thank you so much. Yes, thanks. Thanks for the take too. Wonderful. Thank you. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Let's finish it off here, guys, in the normal way by saying have one on us and off those blues. Up the blues.